Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hi. In the previous episode, Linda Dillo was my guest, and she laid the foundation for this episode, which is the heart of our topic, sexual intimacy in grief after child loss. This is an area of struggle that many of you have asked me about, and until now, I didn't have anything of substance to be able to share with you. And if you listened to the last episode, which I hope you did, you know I feel very underqualified for this topic. And if you did not listen to the last episode, you're going to need to do that first. I can't emphasize that enough. This episode might frustrate you if you don't have the needed foundation that was laid in episode 201. So please do not continue this. If you did not hear my talk with Linda, that leads up to this one. Seriously, go back and listen to that one first. After I was extremely vulnerable with some of my personal journey, Linda shared with us six reasons God gave in his word that sexual intimacy is a wonderful marriage gift he created just for each one of us personally. We talked about five of those, and in today's discussion, we get to the sixth one, which is specifically based on grief and loss. Did you know God made sure we know about a couple who lost a child and sexual intimacy was part of the healing process in giving comfort? Let's find out more about that. Here is the rest of my talk with Linda Dillo. Well, Laura, another reason that God gave sexual intimacy is for comfort. So you want to explain that a little bit? Where did you find this, that God has given us sex with our spouses as a thing of comfort? Because now we're really hitting where we are as bereaved parents. And unfortunately, you now have experience in this. And so you had the blessing of knowing that even before you became a bereaver. So help us with this. I said as we began this discussion that I didn't raise my hand and volunteer to be God's gift for sex. I don't think any <laughs> of us who are grievers, or how do you say the word? Bereaver. Yes. None of us raised our hand for that. Right. We didn't, this was not something that we wrote as one of our goals for life. For sure. And I love, I love that God put in his word that he gave the gift of sex for comfort. And as I said, this was a surprise to my friend Lorraine and to me. And we see this in the account where David and Bathsheba's son had died. This is in 2 Samuel 12, 24. And it says, while grieving that David comforted Bathsheba, his wife, and went into her and lay with her, So she bore a son and called his name Solomon. And I, I, Laura, I just love that the Bible says that David comforted Mm -hmm. Bathsheba and that the way he comforted her was to make love with her after the death of their child. And 
this lovemaking was rich with compassion and with love, and it brought solace to them. How sweet of God to put that in the scripture, that the king comforted his wife in this way. And I think this is, this is contrary to our feelings. Yes. We were living in Hong Kong, and a dear Chinese friend of mine lost her son. And we had all prayed for her son and watched him suffer and then die. And I watched the mother suffer. And a couple of months later, I shared this verse with her. And she just looked at me and she said, I would never have thought of that. You feel like this is a sad time and anything pleasurable in your life, you should put away. Mm -hmm. It feels wrong. It Mm -hmm. feels wrong. And I said, well, let's just think of some of the reasons why God would have included this in the scripture. Mm. So why do you think he included it, Laura? That's really a loaded question, isn't it? You know, my mind is just spinning now with all kinds of reasons. (laughs) I, I think comfort is so important. And I think because, like we just said, anything that is fun or pleasurable, we feel guilty doing. And I think the Lord wants us to know that there is still good and there is still pleasure and there is a way to receive comfort from the person, the most important person in our life. We're sharing the suffering together. Yeah. And I think it's a way to embrace each other and to say, we're in this together. I know Becca had cancer when she was three. And one thing that our pastor did for us, which I think has probably held our marriage together through many difficult things, is that statistically, when a marriage goes through something difficult, like a child with cancer or a death, they separate. There can be blame, judgment the hurt, all kinds of reasons. So when when Becca had her cancer, he just really encouraged us to turn towards each other instead of away from each other. And I think coming together in sexual union and intimacy in God's design helps us to come together and to know that we're suffering together and we're in this together. And we're not going to let the enemy use this as a wedge to divide us and separate us and bring even more pain that we feel separated from each other on top of feeling separated from our child. Mm, I think that's beautifully said. And one thing that comes to my mind is that love making comforts because it releases tension. Yes. And a back rub is good for tense bodies. A sexual release is even better. But there's something just about holding one another. Mm. And just maybe the release of the tension would even cause you to weep. Because Mm. weeping is a part of your lives. Right. No. And that's fine. Linda, you just said, you know, even just holding each other, lovemaking is more than just intercourse, isn't it? 
and it's more than an orgasm. And I think that I think that we just need to say that outright. You're not just coming together to move toward orgasm. Now, orgasms are wonderful, <laughs> but it's about loving one another's bodies. And that means holding one another. It means it's giving to one another. It's caring for one another. It's a way of being able to grieve together. It is. I mean, we do need to grieve separately, but we need to also be able to come together and grieve together. Yes. And I think that's a really good way to say it. Now, I I think one of the things, you know, talking about God created sex in marriage for pleasure, and now we're struggling with anything that brings pleasure. And so I think that's one of the things that you know, you just said that I guess I just want to make sure that we hear, that we really hear, is that coming together for comfort doesn't necessarily mean we're coming together for that kind of pleasure. Mm -hmm. But it's still spiritual. It's still very spiritual. You know, my husband and I have gone away for a weekend without children when we had children at home. And made love two or three times in a day, which never happened normally because you had children and you had work Mm -hmm. and everything else. And there was just great pleasure. There was such laughter. There was such intoxication. There was such, there are many different ways for lovemaking. The face of lovemaking has many different faces and comfort is one of the faces. And I'd like to read something, Laura, and this was an anonymous letter I received from a woman, and she shared what lovemaking looked like when her husband had been betrayed. It wasn't because of a death. It was because of a betrayal, Mm. but it shows what comfort can look like. So I would just like to read what she wrote me. My husband was heaped in a chair, deeply discouraged. A colleague had betrayed him. Honey, take off your shirt and lie in the bed. I've got hot oil and I'm going to massage the tension out of your muscles. As I rubbed his shoulders and back, I could feel his tension evaporate. I took off his remaining clothes and massaged the rest of his body. Then I comforted him with my love. It wasn't a sensual time of lovemaking or a glorious time of intimate oneness. It was a time of giving comfort. When he sighed deeply and fell asleep, I felt such joy because of the love I had been able to give. Mm. And I think that when we are both grieving, we need to look at it like this, or we can talk about it together. How can we comfort one another through our lovemaking? Or what does this look like? It's not going to look the same as it did when my husband and I went away for an exciting weekend away Mm -hmm. and went out to a fancy dinner. And I mean, that's not what it is. Right. I couldn't go anyplace. My eyes were so swollen from weeping. Mm -hmm. We are coming together to comfort one another. And there's a, a sweetness in it. 
very much a sweetness. Very, very much a sweetness. It's almost, in a sense, even more sacred because you're not doing it for the pleasure of it. You're doing it. We're back to that gift. We're giving each other the gift of comfort in a way that nobody else on this earth can give it. And pleasure, pleasure will result, but mm-hmm. it's, it's different. Now, if we and- keep on saying no to sexual intimacy for whatever our reasons are, the reason I hear the most often is from the moms, which we already talked about. What right do I have? to have pleasure, to have fun, to enjoy my life when my child isn't here anymore. And that's a very irrational thought, you know, but, but it's real. It it doesn't matter how irrational it is. Grief is very irrational. (laughs) If we keep going on and saying no to sexual intimacy, like afraid to touch each other because it's going to lead to sex, it will cause even more isolation, won't it? And that division gets even bigger between us. Yeah. And Laura, I think there's another reason because we started out talking about how the enemy is fighting against, this is his battleground, sexual, sexual thing, sexual intimacy. He has chosen sex as his battleground. You know, I just want to, right when you said sexual intimacy, that's it. Satan wants to come in and divide the sex from the intimacy. He does. And it is a fight. And Mm -hmm. I made a list of what it looks like to fight him. And I feel like I've been fighting against the enemy for us to have this intimacy, all our marriage. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we're fighting for sexual intimacy, but we're also fighting for emotional intimacy. Mm -hmm. We're just fighting for intimacy, marital intimacy as a whole everything. Mm -hmm. But I feel that I've been through all the seasons of marriage. And I feel I've had to fight through the seasons. You have to fight when you have little kids. I don't know why I didn't plan it this way. But I had three children in three years. And Mm -hmm. I was absolutely exhausted. I mean, our friends were sending us things about birth control. They thought (laughs) we didn't understand how this happened. And (laughs) It, I was exhausted. And the, and the last thing I could think about was sexual right. intimacy. I, I was so tired by the end of the day. And well, you feel like you've been giving yourself to your kids all day. I don't have anything left to give to you. <laughs> that's it. And but I can remember, I can remember saying to the Lord, I know I can't put our sexual intimacy up on a shelf until the kids get older. So God, you have got to show me what to do. But I literally was just exhausted. And I, my mind, it was my mind, my Mm -hmm. mind wasn't there. And I took out my calendar. And every few days wrote TS on it, TS on it. Do you know what the TS was for? Only because I read it in your book. Think sex. Think sex. Linda, Linda, you're still a wife. Mm -hmm. Think sex. I mean, and it worked. It helped get my mind there. So I had to fight when we had little kids. I had to fight when we had teenagers. We adopted our neighbor when we were living as missionaries in Austria. So I had 13, 14, 15, and 17-year-olds, and they never went to bed. They were too curious about 
what was going on. And so we had to be creative. I mean, we ended up going to the Austrian version of a bed and breakfast mm. at, at five in the afternoon and staying till midnight because <laughs> we couldn't leave them and go away for a weekend. Mm-hmm. But we had to find a way to have some time to rekindle our sexual intimacy and to keep it alive and to connect. We, yeah. Yeah. We had to fight. We had to fight. We've had to fight during old age because my husband, my husband had prostate cancer and surgery and three women whose husbands had had that surgery came to me and said, Oh, well, you just forget about sexual intimacy. You won't have any after a surgery. Hmm. And I said to the Lord, well, I, I'm not going to believe that. I'm just not giving up that easily. Well, has it been hard? Yes. Did we have to really fight? Yes. And I had to fight. My hormones went wacko. And all my uh-huh. sexual desire, in within a two-week period, my sexual desire and response walked out my door. But I found a nurse practitioner that made bioidentical hormones and put testosterone in them. And my sexual desire and response came walking back through the front door again. Okay, you fight for it. Mm-hmm. You look for doctors, you look for help. You don't just say this is the way it is. Now, I want to back up, Linda, because I think people will be wondering, you said, you know, when Jody had prostate cancer, and then you had three women say, well, your sex life is over. And you said you weren't willing to accept that. So has your sex life been over? Nope. We're 80 and we still have a sex life. Um, Does that mean it's easy? No. It means that after you, well, at least when Jody had prostate cancer, right after that, they start you on Viagra. Because Mm. if they cut any of the nerves, they have to retrain everything to try to work again. So he has to pay for medication and I have to pay for medication. So we have this joke between us that it costs money to have a sexual relationship. (laughs) So um, we say, honey, do you want to spend some money? I mean, (laughs) and now you've told me on the side in our own conversations that you also have to plan ahead for this now. I mean, it's not spontaneous, but that doesn't ruin it or destroy it or diminish it. No, no. I mean, he has to stop one medication for a couple days. I mean, let's just say it's not easy when you're 80, but (laughs) it's, it's important to us. And you know what? It's almost like a game with us. We're going to fight against this and we're going to make it work. But yes, we do. We have to plan a couple days ahead. And we just laugh about it. Do you remember when we were 30 and 40 and 50 and it was easy? We could just jump in bed. <laughs> but, you know, it almost makes it sweeter, Laura, because we fight for it. and. When you fight for it and there's victory, it makes that victory so much sweeter, doesn't it? It really does. It really does. And, you know, after our precious daughter died, we felt like there was such sweetness in our marriage. I mean, and I may have said this on the other broadcast, I can't remember, but I would hear Jody weeping downstairs in his office and I would go down there and put my arms around him. 
he would hear me weeping upstairs and he would come up and put his arms around me and we would make love and end up weeping together in each other's arms. And there I said, honey, I feel like in the comfort we've given one another, making love, but just in comfort in each other, when we've been grieving, we've discovered even a deeper sweetness in our marriage. Mm. But the, the, the sexual intimacy was part of that. But yes, we fought for all of it. I think you fight for emotional and sexual intimacy, but it's worth fighting for. Some I think other, we need to hear that. You fight and it doesn't always work, but you keep fighting because mm -hmm. it's worth it. And you know what we have after 57 years of marriage and the joy and the sweetness and the intimacy in every area, it's just worth it, Laura. Mm. Alinda, you shared with me about En Getty. I know. I was just going to say Oh, something. good. Yeah. Share that with us, please. I wish that we could go through the whole book of the Song of Solomon, but there's one verse in Song of Solomon 114 where the young bride says about Solomon, my beloved is to me a cluster of henna blossoms in the vineyards of En Getty. Now, you said you've been to Ingeti. Mm -hmm. Yes. And tell us what it's like. It's like you're you're going there, and it's almost like you know there's there's something at the end, but it feels like it takes forever to get there. And then when you see it, the beauty is just astounding. It's a beautiful waterfall that comes down into a beautiful pool of water that is so refreshing after you've climbed to get there. It's just a beautiful place that just brings a lot of refreshment. And it's like, it's just hidden back in this place. And you've been in desert, basically. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because, because a lot of Israel is desert. Mm -hmm. and, and you get to Ingedi, and it is this, it is this place of refreshment. And so the bride says her husband is to her like the vineyards of Ingedi. In one of the books that Lorraine and her husband and Jody and I wrote called Intimacy Ignited, we talk about Ingeti. And this book, it's a popular commentary on the Song of Solomon. And it's also a book on marriage, but it, it has a Bible study at the back for couples to do about their sexual relationship in their marriage from the Song of Solomon. But in here, it talks about how to think of your sexual intimacy as a place of Engedi and offer your intimacy as a place of rest because mm. that's what she's saying, that our intimacy is a place of rest and that it can be a place of rest, a place of refuge, and a place of renewal. I mean, life is hard anyway, much less oh. after the death of our child. And so it's like, to be able to see sexual intimacy as a place where I can go to just be, to just be refreshed, to be renewed, you know, and that's, that's a, a shift in the mindset once again. It, it really is. It's, um, it's, a, it's a total shift. I talked with a woman who they recently lost their baby 
she said, without spending much money, I just redecorated our bedroom for us. I got a new quilt for the bed and painted one wall behind our bed. She said, we're both so sad. She didn't mm-hmm. use the word grieving, but she said, it's just like we both have a ball of sad and sadness inside us. And I just thought, what can we do to bring encouragement and refreshment to mm. us as a couple? Because this was their only child, and now mm. they're alone. And she made their bedroom and their intimacy into an Engedi mm. and a place of rest for them and a place of refuge. You know, a refuge is a place you run to, a place where you can hide from attacks. And yeah, yeah, it's of, a safety. Uh, it's a yeah. place of safety and a place where you can hide together in each other's arms and a place of renewal where you can hope for the future. That's huge, isn't it? That is huge. It really is. She said when my husband walked in there, she said the look on his face said everything. Mm. It just meant so much. And she said for us, it's, it's a hidden and private place, but just a place of safety, maybe where we can regroup and even be able to think about life because all we can think about is right our our little girl who isn't here and so I guess a question for all of us today as we're in this broadcast together is what does an Engedi look like for us yes and how could we make this yeah and the thing is the Lord already has an answer to that he already knows for each of us as a couple what En means to us, what that needs to look like for us. So this is something we can bring to the Lord because we've, we've been talking about how sex and intimacy is created by God and he wants us to continue to be a gift. And so he knows what each of us need as a couple together that will bring that refreshment, that feeling like it's a place of of safety and refuge and comfort. And so this is something we can easily bring to the Lord, or that I maybe I should say that we should bring to the Lord because he's going to have the answer for us. And it he's so creative and he will come up, he'll put a thought in our head of something we would have never thought of. And even just the thought that comes to us just all of a sudden feels like a relief in a sense, I believe, you know, Lord, show me what can, what can we do as a couple to make our intimacy and in Getty? I love how creative the Lord is because each, each marriage couple's relationship is so different. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to watch him work. Yeah. I told you, Laura, about, about the young woman that, that encouraged me so much when I met her and She had not lost a child. She had a husband coming home from Iraq who was a surgeon and who dealt with people dying and death. Oh, I can't imagine the horrific injuries that he had to have seen. And just, he just constantly was around death for six months and away from his family. And she said, sadly, when the men came home for a two week time to regroup, 
a lot of the wives said, oh, this is the time we can go to a spa and our husband gets to babysit for the kids. And Krista, the young woman that so inspired me, uh, she just said, God spoke so directly to me and said, your husband has been living with death. What can you do for him? She asked the Lord how she could make this a special Engedi, a special time for him. He showed her physically, emotionally, spiritually, and sexually what to do. And she said, I asked God to reveal how to love my special man for two weeks. I love how God answers so tenderly and specifically when we cry out to him. I cooked Caleb's favorite meals. I paraded in seven outfits. These we're, were talking lingerie outfits. We're lingerie <laughs> outfits, yeah. seven colors. I gave him a physical and spiritual cleaning, cleansing. I became his spiritual massage therapist. And our two weeks were a supernatural feast of intimacy with the Lord and with one another. Mm. And when she sent him back, he said, these were the best two weeks of my life, and I can face what God has for me again. Mm. But she was an example to me, and I thought of her, all right, Lord, how can my husband Jody and me be to one another what Krista was to her husband so that we can learn to breathe the way you want us to? that we can make our intimacy a place of rest and refuge and renewal and grow emotional intimacy and sexual intimacy. And uh, I've thought of her so many times. Oh, I think how sad that is. You know, other wives, their husbands are coming home and, you know, the thoughts being on themselves where it's like, okay, bye, hon, you've got the kids. You haven't seen them for a while. So you get the kids and I'm going to go have fun. And how exhausted and weary those men were going back into the field, back into war, yeah. going back exhausted because of the wives just thinking of themselves and not taking that time. I mean, okay, so take that time ahead of time for yourself. Find a way. <laughs> and Find a way. so that I mean, you have the energy yeah. to give to your husband and to refresh him. I'm, I mean, that Angetti thing is just amazing and how we can translate that into our place of grief that it's not just us that's grieving it's our spouse that's grieving and to be able to look at ways where we can refresh each other and be that and getty for each other you know laura i love god's word and i am so grateful to him that he said all of the things in scripture that he has said about sexual intimacy in marriage, because we don't have to go to secular magazines or mm. books. He has said it all in, in the word of God. And even being so tender to say sexual intimacy is for comfort. And sure, there'll be pleasure involved if there's a buildup of sexual mm -hmm. tension. Yes. But but it's okay to come together when you're grieving. Look, here's an example in scripture. I just say, thank you, Lord, for thinking of everything. Uh, you said it's intoxicating, but you said it's also for comfort. So thank yes. you for that. 
when we go to God and his word and we we go to him for this part, we get the real thing. We we get what we really are desiring. And that is that intimacy to know and be known and to feel loved and safe and and the whole pleasure thing as well. But you don't get that from the world. You get the the physical, you get the you get the imitation. You get and that fa- doesn't satisfy. You get a false imitation. Yes. And so when you go to God for the answers and you begin to do things his way, which is a good way, we get the real thing. We get it from the creator himself. And that's so precious. I mean, God just loves us so much. It's incredible. Some some struggle with God doesn't really love me or he wouldn't have let this happen. And But oh my goodness, the, it's just the opposite. He loves us so much. Look at what he put in place for us, knowing these things were going to happen. Jesus died knowing he would take our guilt and shame. He, he put these things in scriptures knowing that we would struggle with sexual intimacy. I, I mean, he's so good. He's so good and he loves us so much. Linda, pray for us, please, that we can really grab hold of this and and in our grief, you know, find that in Getty and, and our spouse as a place of comfort to give and receive. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the word of God. And I thank you that uh, you loved us so much that you wrote about everything in the word so that we could go to the sacred word of God and be instructed in times of joy that we could have intoxication in sexual intimacy, but in times of grief, we could have comfort and we could make it an Engedi where there could be refreshment. Yes. God, would you show us, I ask you, Holy One, to speak specifically to each of us, to each precious one listening and reveal your personal message to each heart because you have something specific for each of your precious ones. God, you know what a grieving heart looks like because you have had one. Mm -hmm. And you know what a grieving heart needs. And so would you hold each heart in your hands and would you speak tenderly to each, each one listening Would you whisper to them and let them know what is for them personally? What is for them in their marriage? God, thank you that you are such a personal God and you love us so much. We just say to you, blessed be your holy name, and we thank you. And we worship you, holy God. Amen. Amen. I just want to reach out and give you a great big hug, sister. (laughs) Thank you. Laura, thank you for your courage and for being, you just, I love you. (laughs) Love you too. And thank you for being willing to share. And that just set it up for everybody to feel like we're all learning. And if Laura, who they all respect you so much that if she's willing to say she's learning and if she Mm -hmm. read a book, I can come and yeah. Yeah. Now, and I have to say that one thought I've had over the years sometimes is you're going to laugh at this because I've had this thought, literally, I would hate to be married to me. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes, yeah, and I knew you would laugh at this because Linda has written a book 
called What It's Like to Be Married to Me. <laughs> and so when I saw that, I had to get it right away. And I have to say, it is really good um, because there are times when I'm just not very lovable, you know, I mean, and, and I've had that thought. It's like, oh my goodness, I don't know how Dave does it. But we're all learning. We're all learning. We're all learning. And God is, God is working on us all. Yes. Yes. And in this book, you do talk about sexual intimacy as well, because that's, that's part of it. You know, what's it like to have, what would it be like to have sex with me, to have me as a sexual partner, you know, and to ask those really hard questions. So I, I just want to recommend that book as well, along with now you have the one with the one with your husband's that one was called Igniting Intimacy. Intimacy Ignited. Intimacy Ignited. Okay, so I will be getting that one. <laughs> so look at you. I You're am yeah, 60. I just yeah. So I'm just gonna go for it here. <laughs> and if, if the listeners want to continue and to understand and grow in the area of sexual intimacy with their spouse, you know, get Linda's books. I'll put links to that in the show notes. And also I do recommend they go to the authenticintimacy.com because that that's Absolutely. a really good resource. Lots of blogs, check out the authentic intimacy podcast, and you can go really deep. And there are a lot of ways to do that with Julie and she's very trusted and very knowledgeable. And she's another one that she would say, I did not raise my hand <laughs> to be an intimate to be an expert on sexual intimacy and you guys did a like a video course that you did together and I've done that too so that was actually I think how I discovered you it's Um, called passion pursuit yes yes passion pursuit so there's another thing you can check out so anyway there are lots of resources out there so just go for it just go for it like Linda said it's worth fighting for so Linda thank you for writing these books that give a wonderful understanding of the beautiful gift from God of sexual intimacy. Thank you for being someone who has released any shackles of shame that God did not intend for us to have in this area of our lives. And thank you for joining me on this podcast to point the way to the beauty and the wholeness of true sexual intimacy, even in a place of heavy loss and deep grief after the death of our child. So thank you so much. And I'm just going to say thank you from the listeners too, because I know they're sitting there saying thank you too. You know, this stuff is just not out there. So thank you so much. Thank you. I have to tell you, Laura, what I was with a, a friend who is a therapist here and she does a lot of counseling about grief and is kind of a, a grief expert in this mm-hmm. area. And I told her what this podcast, well, she made the comment, you know, Linda, there's just nothing new under the sun. And then something came up about this podcast today. Mm-hmm. And she said, Linda, I think that is new under the sun. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think anybody's mm-hmm. ever done sexual intimacy and grief together. So Laura, mm-hmm. you've done something new today, maybe. All right. We're, we're, we're being pioneers. <laughs> we're pioneering it. We're raising our hands and saying, okay, Lord, if that's what okay, you want, God, we'll... we're going to say that you can create an Ingetti even while grieving. Yes. Amen. What a great way to end it. Thank you, Linda. Love you. Bye-bye. Wow. I love that. Making an Ingetti in our grief, a place of safety and comfort, a place of being refreshed when we are in the dry wilderness place. I think you can agree with me that Linda is such a precious blessing. I hope you continue this journey by getting Linda's books and checking out the Authentic Intimacy website. As she said, 
This is a gift worth fighting for. I think finding ways to get away together is so important that I'm going to share the same thing this week as I did last week. We just had our GPS Hope and Healing Retreat in the Orlando, Florida area, and it was a wonderful time of bonding, hanging out with others who understand what it's like to lose a child. There was laughter. Yes, there were tears. There were chances to talk about our kids with each other. Let me read what someone wrote about it. She wrote, This was a weekend of belonging and understanding and being with others going through this, and it was wonderful. Hearing praise and reminders of God's love and faith brought some peace of heart. Let me read one more to you. This is my third retreat. I always leave feeling refreshed and uplifted. It is so healing to my heart and soul to meet and be around others going through the loss of a child and can relate to the same feelings that I have. We keep these small and intimate. Only about 10 people is the maximum we like to have. And there is a GPS Hope and Healing Retreat scheduled in the D.C. area the weekend of July 14th through the 16th. We're already down to having room for only one more couple and two moms coming on their own. You can check it out by going to gpshope.org retreats. The other opportunity is to join us on a cruise. You can't have more of a getaway than that, right? Six weeks after Becca died, I went on a cruise by myself, actually. And it was wonderful not having any responsibilities, including cooking, cleaning, or taking care of anyone but myself. When Dave and I started GPS Hope nine years ago, we'll be hitting the 10-year mark next year, our 10th anniversary, I knew I wanted to find a way to get Perivers on a cruise because it was so wonderful. And God connected us with someone who had the same thought and was already doing it. I'm so excited that GPS Hope is part of the Grief Cruises. Now, it's a big ship, a big cruise ship, and it's not the entire ship is a grief cruise. We just have a small part of it, maybe between 100 and 200 of us at the most, and we have the conference meeting room. We get together during the days at sea. There are workshops and things that we do together main sessions. There's a special luminary memorial service, a candlelight walk around the deck together. We have discussion groups, times of laughter, making lifelong friends, precious memories. We eat our dinners together in the dining room. So if you're concerned if the entire ship is grieving, no, we just have a small part of that. Cabins are starting to fill up. The next one is October 1st through 8th. And You don't want to miss out on the low prices offered to our group, so be sure and check it out at gpshope.org slash cruise. And I'll put a link to both of these, the retreat and the cruise, in the show notes. And just to let you know, we are also planning a retreat in the Ohio area in October. It will probably be in Hawking Hills again in the area we had the last one, and that will be after the cruise So if that's one you're interested in, be sure to stay connected so you can find out the details when the information comes out. Let's go on to this week's birthday section. Quentin T. Flowers was born on March 12th and is forever 54. Matthew Branca was born on March 15th and is forever 23. 
Rowett Matthew was born on March 16th and is forever 23. Adam Block was born on March 16th and is forever 34. Tara Oluwa Shizoba was born on March 17th and is forever seven years old. We celebrate the day that our children came into this world. It will always, always be a special and important day in our lives. If you would like to have your child's birthday announced, I would love to be able to do that the week of his or her birthday. All you have to do is go to gpshope.org slash birthdays. Fill out that form, including the pronunciation, if your child's name sometimes doesn't get said correctly, because I do want to say it the way it needs to be said for you. So anyway, just fill that out, submit it, and we will put them on the birthday list, and I'll announce your son or daughter the week of his or her birthday, and Dave will also send you an email reminding you to listen that week. I don't know why some of us have a more difficult journey here on earth than others, but what I do know is that God can turn it into something good that we would not have had without the difficulties. And I know that can be hard for us to hear or even believe with the loss of our child. But I want to say that that carries over into today's topic, that not only can intimacy with our spouse become sweeter, but our intimacy with God can as well. If we continue to move toward Him, even in our anger and our confusion, your intimacy with Him can become even sweeter and deeper. This is all a journey that we're on. It's not a destination. We can choose to become bitter and alone on this journey and blame others, or we can choose to unwrap the gifts God is handing us on this rough road and make use of them until it is our turn to leave this earth and reach the destination. Let's let the gift of intimacy be something we not only allow, but we pursue and even fight for. And as we do, let's all remember to hope, H-O-P-E, hold on, pain eases, there is hope.